0: Mr. Pop Eat <laughs> Dark When the little birds are
1: nasty And I listen to them through There's two lonesome people in the whole wide right world That's sea and, and the man in the moon
2: Hello and welcome to Biscatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today, we're back on the card review hype train to Dreamtown in the newest
0: pack, The Search for Kadath. That's right, we're back on, uh, we're, we're back doing our, like, by far most common and easiest to record type of episode. Card reviews! <laughs> Hooray us! Also, uh, I, I have to ask, because I always forget, this is the dream campaign, not the waking campaign, right? And we're kind of, like, alternating back and forth?
1: Yeah, this this scenario will be the second scenario in the first campaign, the campaign A, uh, the dream campaign, which has a name, probably, but I forgot what the, <laughs> the name is. Uh, but it's, it's the dream one. The dream zone. So, wait, what happens if you dream about the dream campaign? then you've gone too many layers deep. Yeah. And you need <laughs> to
0: make sure you don't die in the dream or whatever. You end up on like a weird isolated skiing <laughs> resort with a uh, machine gun, uh, snow machine guys chasing you around. And it's awesome. Oh God. Inception. <laughs> uh, we should probably actually talk about these cards though, right? Should I start with the first one? Yeah. the The first one appropriately has first in the title. So we have a guardian event cost one called first watch. It has an intellect symbol and a agility symbol. It's a tactic. It says, fast, play when the draw and counter card step of the mythos phase would begin. Instead of resolving that step, look at the top X cards of the encounter deck where X is the number of investigators. Deal those cards among the investigators as you wish, dealing more, no more than one card to each investigator other than yourself. Then, one at a time, each investigator draws the cards dealt to them. Interesting. And the art is... So the art is a lady holding some kind of spooky magical torch... And there is a guy kind of slumped. Also a gun. That's a gun? (laughs) I think so. Oh, well, I mean, okay, in her right hand, that's like pointing directly at the camera. That's like the the focal point of the image. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in her her left hand, she's holding a gun. Yeah, she might have just killed that guy for all we know.
1: No, he looks pretty comfy.
0: Nah, he's definitely sleeping. This whole thing is taking place in some extremely spooky woods. So that's cool. I don't know. What do you guys think about this card? I like the theme of the card, because it goes within D&D.
1: When you take first watch, nothing bad ever happens. So for this, you always just get to draw the top couple cards in the counter deck and give yourself the least scary one, and then give all your friends the terrible ones. So, I mean, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> if you know you're going into a uh, monster-heavy
2: encounter deck, you can always just, like, first watch, and then get, like, four monsters, and then I'll see you in hell them all. And it'd be a climactic showdown uh, to blow everybody up with dynamite. But usually that won't happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. An important part of this card is that you don't have to give a card to everybody else. You can keep any number of them. Right. But you can only give one to everybody else. So that that is a good point. Like you could use it to give yourself a bunch of monsters or do some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. I kind of think uh, I mean, the card that it's most similar to probably is uh, let me handle this in that, it you know, it lets you handle encounter cards for other people or assign them to other people that can handle them well. I kind of, I mean, it seems basically like a much more powerful version of that card with the cost being that it's uh, proactive instead of reactive. So you have to play it before you see what the encounter cards are going to be.
2: Yeah. My question actually, I guess for Ben would be, how does this work when you do l- looking for monsters, uh, grab monsters out of deck dot dot d-
1: card? Ooh that's, ooh, that's not a card. So unfortunately <laughs> I can't answer that question. On the hunt? Yeah, on the hunt. <laughs> good a few uh i i'm not 100 sure because both of them you can you could play this card and then you could play on the hunt and that would replace the cards you're supposed to draw but they've already been dealt out so i don't really know what happens to those cards
0: yeah i mean it would it would replace the one that you were going to draw but i don't think it would replace like the other ones no it wouldn't touch the other ones
1: but like the one that you were going to draw i don't know what happens to that because normally it would be shuffled into your deck or something. I don't know. I'm scared that like the power would shorten my house. <laughs> I'd find
2: myself like naked in the street somewhere the next like two weeks later or something. I'd be like what happened? <laughs> he yeah, did yeah. the
0: first watch combo. In like Tripoli <laughs> or Melbourne or something like he's <laughs> yeah. like, I've got a really good idea. Let's just never do that. and then And then it'll be fine. <laughs> One thing. So I think what's cool about this is you can definitely just scoop up all the enemies and take them all yourself so that it's pretty cool in that way. Uh, especially if you're playing like zoe if you're trying to dynamite or something where you really want to get as many enemy enemies on you as possible or a flamethrower yeah i mean it's also it definitely it's good if you're a person that has high will yeah like larry anderson or something also because like a lot of the encounter cards are have will on them but i i just think that this kind of depends a lot on what the encounter deck is like because in a lot of like circle undone scenarios the whole encounter deck is bad will tests so shuffling them around doesn't really make a huge difference it's just like which bad will test are you getting yeah I mean, maybe you get like one that's like easy to handle and you give that to Finn or something, but it's just going to be kind of, it's going to be like kind of situational, but I don't know. It's cool.
1: Well, and obviously it's not great for lower player counts. Right. Because the effect of it's going to be a lot less significant. Definitely not good at solo at all. Oh yeah,
2: definitely. (laughs) I mean, I guess it is kind of like a, let me handle this in a way, like Dan was saying, but. I feel like it's also similar to like a a stronger version of scrying because it's not like it actually taking an action. You just, it's hard to justify the card slot in your deck, I think, because not even the symbols are technically relevant for a guardian class. Those are usually symbols you'd see on like a rogue card, right? They care a lot about
1: intellect and uh, agility, whereas like guardians could kind of care less. I mean, uh, like Carolyn could use it or skids or something. But she wouldn't want to put this card in her deck.
0: Yeah, I mean... I just think a will symbol is almost always worth more than the other symbols for for everybody. Like, uh, let me handle this as a will symbol in a fight symbol, which is pretty great. This is like the opposite of that. Also, this costs this costs a resource, not always relevant, but for guardians who are kind of poor, it sort of does. I mean, I, I think the bottom line is I would probably never even consider playing this with less than four players, but we play four players a lot. Yeah. I would at least I would at least think about slotting one in instead of a let me handle this kind of to see how it works because it seems like pretty fun in the right situation.
2: Yeah, I think that these situational kind of cards, too, are boosted by the fact that they uh, the cards like this, for example, are, are tactics and supplies, which are usually pretty good with stick to the plan. So, like, if you can put this on a stick to the plan, it kind of gets just way better. But again, like stick to the plan, you can't really factor into your original deck. So it might be pretty weak until you can actually just, like, stick it on there and reliably use it when everything's gone south and you might need to pick monsters off of people for a turn.
0: Yeah, it, that's a big question about this is like, to what extent can you kind of tell ahead of time what turn you need to play this card on? Like, I feel like the answer is maybe not that often, but I think it might really depend on like the scenario and kind of how how well you know the encounter deck. Right. I mean, it could be
1: something where like, you know, Ancient Evils or something you want a ward is coming up and you want to like manipulate the deck so that whoever has the ward can get it or something. But Yeah,
0: that's know. fair. That definitely just confirms our pre-existing knowledge that Ward Level Two is like the best card in the game, but because uh, it, <laughs> it kind of does, cause it kind of does all of that in one card. You can't use
1: it on Perils, so you could use this to like <laughs> change Perils to people. I don't know. Ah, no, there it is. If somebody has Kleptomaniac and they keep stealing all your shit, and you want them to get eliminated from the game. You could use <laughs> when, this. When does that ever happen? <laughs> you could use this to give them the worst encounter cards possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> could, yeah, it could be a good uh, uh, trolling <laughs> trolling card. We'll, we'll try this one out, maybe, and see uh, see how it goes. Should we go to the next card, though?
2: Yeah, so the next card is Daring. It is a Guardian skill card. It commits for three wild icons. It is innate, which means that Silas can play it. Commit only to a skill test during an attack or evasion attempt against an enemy. That enemy gains Retaliate and Alert for the duration of the skill test. After the skill test ends, draw one card. So my initial thought for this like stated before, was to go into Silas. Um, I had originally thought of it, like every Guardian card, in the context of Mark, and I don't feel like he needs it very much, because it's, he has more than enough draw, and he does not need the symbols nearly as much as other Guardians do who don't have five combat. Furthermore, gaining Retaliate and Alert is pretty bad. In terms of drawbacks, it's it's a pretty bad thing. I mean, you can mitigate it by having a dodge ready or by having allies to soak. Like, for example, Tommy might like it because it kind of would provoke a retaliate attack against a maybe not a terribly scary enemy, which would shuffle some stuff back into his deck to get him some money.
0: You can also mitigate it by just being cool and passing the test. This is true, too. <laughs> so you didn't even think of that, but I did.
2: I mostly thought of it in terms of uh, Silas, though, because I think it's something that would be cool for him to use. But I wasn't completely sure on on how the after this test ends draw one card clause worked with his pull a card back to your hand ability.
0: Rules, Master Ben.
1: Um, I I think it does not work. When this card uh, popped up, I think there was a little discussion on it, and the impression was that the retaliant alert will still apply, but the draw a card probably won't if you pulled it back because hmm. like its effect is canceled, and that part's not a lasting effect, while the first part is. Yeah. So I don't think like that aspect for Silas is great, but obviously Silas can just take it and it's like a good plus three to his fight or agility. I was thinking this card would be good for characters that want to be able to evade and attack or even even like Diana, she can use, because you can use this on her spells to attack things and also use it as a backup evade card or something. Like similar to like um, Steadfast where that's basically like, oh, this is a combat and a will card. Those are both great for most guardians. I think this would be good for anybody that wants to treat this as, oh, this is a plus three agility for evade test or plus three on my, whatever my attacker is. I think it's relatively versatile.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. I think that it's a little bit restricted in the way that because you can only, again, commit it to uh, an attack or an evasion attempt against an enemy. I'm glad that there's no non-elite clause on there because then it would just be, like, not even con- worth considering. But it's a big enough boost, and the draw one card is actually pretty relevant because we haven't seen a skill card that draws one card since
0: the core set ones, right? Mm, Silas' signature from the book draws a card. Sure. <laughs> um yeah and it and it draws you a card even if you fail, which is pretty cool. but yeah. that's that said though, like I just feel like, um, you know, look at how many skill cards you're playing in a given deck, probably these days, not that many unless you're playing like a kind of a skill focused deck like min or something. yeah, and I think that within that, you know, I think at least half the time or something like that, you're using skill cards either to beat encounter cards that are gonna do something really bad to you, which you can't use this on or to pass some kind of weird scenario-specific test, like you have to go to this location and do a parley or something like that, Like it feels like a lot of times you're committing cards for those things, and you can't use this at all for those. So I kind of feel like if you're already playing a ton of skill cards and you already have a bunch that are more versatile than this, then maybe you could play one of these. I think that um, what you guys mentioned of a character that is mostly going to fight things, but maybe occasionally needs to do an evasion, like maybe you could play one of this, this instead of a dexterity, but... I just think that if you're only playing a few skill cards, you should really prize versatility rather than potentially getting three symbols instead of two or something. Because like two symbols is pretty good. Three symbols sometimes on certain tests maybe. And if there's and there's also this weird penalty that there's retaliate and alert, that's like not super appealing to me.
1: I mean it's still it's like better than overpower on a straight up fighter character, right? Because mm-hmm. overpower is mostly gonna be used for fighting monsters. And this gives you plus three.
2: The retaliate is pretty scary though.
1: Yeah, but like that that only happens if you auto-fail and just don't draw an auto-fail,
0: right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I think that's kind of what the three symbols say, right? I kind of think, though, that, I mean, if I'm playing a fighting character, it's usually Mark, and then I don't play overpowers because he doesn't need them.
2: <laughs> well, we're trying not to think of this in the Tontest of Mark. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you're thinking about a regular Guardian, so not Mark, with four fight, you're fighting with any gun, right? That So that puts you up to a five, this puts you up to an eight, which is usually enough to Be a by four birth, where whereas only the auto fail would make you fail.
1: Yeah, for like standard. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, that that kind of makes sense. I could see like playing this in a four four base combat fighting guardian, and then maybe upgrading out of it as you get more like passive boosts and things, and you don't need it anymore.
2: Yeah, my original thought, I guess, when I first saw the enemy gains retaliate clause. I thought it was kind of funny because you can put it in a deck that you take the upgraded 45 in, which says that the enemy loses Retaliate for this attack. So I think that would pretty much take precedence over it. And I think the only investigator that I'd ever be interested in doing that in is probably Joe, because Joe doesn't really have a lot of options for upgrading guns. So
0: if you needed to, you do that. I mean, that's a fun question for Rules Master Ben, because I mean, don't you use the don't you use the gun first to start the test and then it uses, loses Retaliate? And then once the test has begun, then you commit this and it gains it again? <laughs> oh, no.
1: The forty-five says ignore the retaliate keyword oh, for this okay. attack, yeah, so know. it would still gain retaliate, but then it would get ignored. You're right. Okay,
2: fair enough. And then Diana would shuffle it under her, right?
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> wow. What a what a great what a great character. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth looking at. But uh, want me to move into the next pair of cards?
2: Yeah. Let's go to the secret cards.
1: All right, so seeker cards. Uh, So we have a pair of bonded cards. There's the Dream Diary, untranslated. It's a seeker asset, costs two, has one willpower icon. It is an item, tome, and charm. As an action, search your bonded cards for the essence of the dream and add it to your hand. Reaction, after you succeed by three or more during a skill test to which Essence of the Dream is committed, record in your campaign log that you have interpreted the dreams. And it takes up a hand slot. And then the uh, bonded card, Essence of the Dream, is a skill card with two wild icons on it. It is Practiced Expert, Bonded Dream Diary. When Essence of the Dream would enter your discard pile or be shuffled into your deck, instead set Essence of the Dream aside out of play with your bonded cards. Uh, Also, the art on Essence of the Dream is dope as hell i i want a playmat of this so
2: badly so badly this is one of my favorite arts
0: it's like there's a lot going on here dot jpeg or whatever like it reminds me of
2: like mysterium (laughs) or like obscurio or something um that has really interesting art and is constantly lauded for
0: really cool dreamy art it reminds me of that and like also the wizard of oz and like also like 50 other things and i don't even really know what's going on in it but i'm fascinated it's like
1: pages of a book coming out it's like a bunch of different stories happening at once that you're dreaming about or something
0: i don't know it's also
2: like illustrated by ethan patrick harris who may or may not be related to
0: neil patrick harris i I was about to make that literally that exact joke and uh and you know what it would have been shitty it would have been shitty if i said it too so we're, we're, we're not so different you and i that should just be a rule right like siblings should all have the same middle name just so that you can like tell if two people are siblings <laughs> tell which which family they're in yeah that would really make things a lot more uh, a lot more reasonable i just think worldwide maybe um
1: so the card itself uh this is another in like the untranslated un unidentified type of card that we see almost every cycle yeah so it's hard to say exactly how good this is without knowing what those upgrades are but i think dane was telling me he pointed out to me earlier that it is a tome
2: yes so i had a plan for it which was every single turn if daisy gets this out she can add a copy of essence to the dream to her hand for free so basically for the rest of the game you have an unexpected courage in your hand that you can just generate out of thin air
0: well, that's, that's fun because that's basically like a kind of worse encyclopedia, right? <laughs> right. but encyclopedia costs XP. <laughs> so you, so you can like start with this and you can upgrade it into encyclopedia. <laughs> After, so yeah. Uh, and
2: then you can also accomplish whatever this is and hope that yeah. dream diary becomes pretty cool.
0: It also, I mean, it helps like if you're trying to like hit the hand threshold for like, um, curiosity or higher education or something like this is slightly better because you like having an extra card in hand, but, but more, yeah. yeah, but it is kind of encyclopedia ish. Yeah yeah i'm told uh i haven't looked in my
1: pack yet but the essence of the dream only has one copy in the pack for some reason wait really so you you have to like commit it in order to get another one you'd have to commit it and then action it again or just buy two copies of so trick of and then you'll have extra, <laughs> then you'll have extra cards in your bonded deck is that really how bonded cards work does that mean we get three copies of dream diary i i don't know i just i haven't checked ben i'm scared essence of the dream i was told there was just one copy of interesting i was confused i guess they crammed a lot of spooky dream scenario cards into this pack because they're like oh why would you ever need more than one i don't know if there's only one copy of dream diary Uh, i guess i should have checked that before we started recording well Well, that's exciting
0: um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, I think that succeeding on a test by three or more w- using this plus two skill card is not going to be super hard. So seems very possible to do this. We'll just have to wait and see what the rewards are. Um, obviously, some of the untranslated upgraded cards in the past have been excellent. Some have been like decent, and some have been kind of like. Eh. So we'll we'll see.
2: The qualifier is always an interesting part to me of these untranslated unidentified things because. Some of them are just, like, ridiculously hard to do. Like, I think, is it the stones that's really hard to do, where, like, you, it, it's the amount you, that you succeed by or something like that? And then this is just, like, you have to succeed
1: by three or more? The stones increase the difficulty of a shroud test by three or something, and then you have to
2: succeed. Yeah, you have to succeed by, like, a wide berth, and you get that many
0: No, it's, it's the difficulty of the test. So, oh, okay. like, you want to go to a place with high shroud, and then it makes it even harder, and then you pass it. And then you get to ping people a lot when you draw cards.
2: And this is just, like, go to a shroud one area...
0: <laughs> and like <Yeah>. succeed <laughs> like as daisy yeah, very yeah. easily pretty much yeah no i don't know i mean if this produces some kind of liquid in some kind of a glass uh vessel that i can splash onto people to like instantly kill them then i'm going to be excited and if not yeah i don't know we'll we'll see how it goes
2: yeah yeah either way though i i love the i love the art and i think that using this with daisy would be very fun to generate a free unexpected courage every turn
0: it is kind of a fun little weird use of it Should we move on, though? Yeah. Okay, the next card is Followed. This is a rogue event, Costs two. It has an intellect symbol and an agility symbol. It's a tactic. Yes, Mark can play it. Uh, Choose an enemy at your location. You get plus one intellect for this investigation for each damage on the chosen enemy to a maximum of plus five intellect. If you succeed, discover one additional clue at this location. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity from the chosen enemy. Interesting, and uh, I, I like the art. There is a blue uh, outfit lady peering around a corner in a city uh, with a fire escape with some very creepy, weird monsters.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like the art on this one too. It's a, uh, it's like simple, but the colors are are pretty cool. I like all the blues in it.
0: Yeah, in the realm of like green events that get you clues, this is kind of competing with like intel report. Yeah, I guess also a couple of other things like eavesdrop that don't really see very much play. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like this is kind of expensive for what it does. Like, I feel like, wouldn't you just always play Intel report instead of this? And like, would you really want Intel report and this? I think this is cheaper than Intel report,
1: isn't it?
2: My argument would be, why not both? Yeah.
1: Like Intel report costs four to get two clues. This costs two to get yeah one clue though you do have to do a test still
0: yeah that, that's the thing like i don't mind paying two but i don't really want to pay two and have to do a test and probably not get much of a bonus on it
1: well
2: i feel like for finn though you don't even need the bonus right like if you're at four or five intellect anyways if you have a magnifying glass down or something like that and you play this it's it's almost like basically a deduction right like it's like it's it's uh, like a green variant of, de- of a test of deduction
0: yeah maybe
1: mm-hmm. no, you can't combine it with like lockpicks or anything right right and uh, notably it's uh, only the only the chosen enemy doesn't provide so if there's like two enemies in your location
2: yeah i caught that too
1: then you have to like fight them i don't know it's just a little awkward to use like if you just draw an enemy then you need to like punch the enemy first to get a bonus and then play this and then kill the enemy or something
0: i feel like it's yeah like it's kind of it's already kind of hard to play scene of the crime like i mean it's not that hard like we play it because it's a good card But like, it's kind of when you play scene of the crime, usually the enemy that you're using for it doesn't have damage on it. Right. Like, I feel like it's even harder to get. Yeah. And like, okay, fine. If you don't need the boost, like, like you guys were saying, like Finn is, has high enough in maybe that he he doesn't need it. Then sure. It's like just anything that gets you an extra clue is pretty okay. But yeah, I don't know. I I wish that this did a little bit more considering how kind of narrow it is and how it costs too. I wish that it like, wasn't such a unlikely event that you're going to get a bonus out of it.
2: Yeah, I think it's okay in the in the perspective that like if you have a 3 or 4 person group who One of them is filling out, like let's say you have a a Jenny or something like that who's trying to be kind of like a a third hybrid character. I could see this being okay, like if you have a mark or somebody who's dealing with enemies, but I, I found it like really hard to think about a situation where you'd have an enemy that has damage on it, other than if you're playing those remote damage things, like where you have like a scope on your rifle and you're shooting them from far away. If you're doing that i don't know it's it just seems very unlikely to me
0: it oh you know who actually might kind of be able to play this he kind of has better options but if you were playing like a larry anderson deck with say beat cops and agency backups
2: yeah exactly that's what i was thinking
0: so you could potentially like have an enemy on you and like ping it for two or more damage and then use this i don't know his what's his base intellect is it three it's three yeah Eh, that's like not terrible it's not bad
2: yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah if he has atlas or something i don't know
1: be okay i think comparing it to like seeing the crime and or working a hunch or they're like two costs get one extra clue cards makes sense and it's like not quite as good as those yeah but it's also a rogue card so maybe yeah it's not supposed to be
0: yeah it, it feels like a little bit under the under the power curve but like i think it could definitely see play in like a couple of very particular decks i'm sure you use it used in mark right we already talked about <laughs> oh <tactic>. yeah obviously <laughs> so. yeah i w- look nice. when i play mark these days it's just tactics tribal it's i just play every tactic card in the game. <laughs> and uh you know it's great barricade that's, that's, yeah exactly oh yeah for real barricade is barricade a tactic it sure oh, yeah, is sure Ow. is yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody read the next card <laughs> let's
1: not lose momentum Damn. No.
0: boo boo <laughs> go to jail
2: as ben mentioned the next card is momentum it is a rogue skill card it is level one uh, It commits for one wild symbol it's practiced if the skill test is successful, reduce the difficulty of the next skill test you perform this phase by X, where X is the amount this skill test succeeded by, to a maximum of three. You've never been content with the safe route. Aside from telling me how I feel <laughs> about things, I, I think this card is quite unique and interesting.
1: I mean, those are words to describe it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good in like the succeed by whatever decks, because it'll it'll like roll into your next test. Uh... I don't like that it's this phase because that means you can't use it like Mythos phase to give yourself a boost in the Investigator phase. It should just be like this turn or this uh, round. I know. I thought that was weird too.
0: Is is the succeed by whatever deck actually a thing other than just like play Cigarette Case, which is great on its own and just get cards off
2: of it? Like, don't I don't think so. I think if there were a card that added to any skill test, just like one symbol or something like that. I don't know. I, I have no idea.
1: There's definitely enough cards that you can do a succeed by whatever and probably like have a decent deck. I think just none of us have ever tried it. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. but, uh, yeah, I think that that is a, a viable deck, I believe. So cool. this would fit well into that. I, I think I found
2: one interesting use for this card. Yeah. In the blob, they ate everything. Spoilers. During the exposed heart phase, when you do damage to the heart, this di- uh, Directly opposes the ability of the blob's heart because it will increase in strength as you damage it more. So if you have like two people commit to your next, you know, huge shotgun blast momentums, then it can, it'll just stay the same test, right? Because the blob will increase and then the momentum will decrease that value at the same time. So as long as you have, like, more than, like, one or two of these committed, you can be assured that you'll do, like, the maximum amount of damage for it. Yeah, and yeah that's an
1: interesting point, Dane. Unfortunately, we're going to have to censor or edit all that out because <laughs> the blob is not, the blob is not widely available anywhere. Uh, oh, no, no! <laughs> so so not that many people have got a chance to play it. All right, well, let, yeah, let, we let me scratch that from that the record them. and just
2: just uh, posit
1: yeah. that
0: this is certainly a green card. <laughs> It's certainly a green card. It definitely, yeah, no. When Dane said it was unique, that was the first thing I thought was like, really? I feel like this is just one of a million like green cards that does some kind of weird thing that like probably isn't that great. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean the way that I'm trying to think about this in terms of math and like it's it's kind of tricky. But so imagine if you're if you're doing a test like the boss is out and you're trying to like I need to attack the boss three times this turn and succeed or something like that. So suppose you have like a couple of cards to commit so that you can. Maybe you have like a courage to commit on the first one and you're going to try to like use this to kind of roll the courage over onto the second test too. I mean, imagine you're in a scenario where like there's roughly a 50% chance that you're going to succeed by like zero, a 25% chance that you're going to fail and like a 25% chance that you're going to succeed by like two or more. Because I feel like depending on what your skill is, like that's a fairly reasonable scenario. (laughs) It's just like, eh, I, I just feel like I would probably rather have a courage than this and i i don't really love skill cards that are just strictly worse than courages
2: (laughs) tldr use this with shotgun and double or nothing
0: or just don't play any of those cards (laughs) i mean yeah or or do go for it but uh yeah i that's no that's a good way to think about this i think if you're playing weird nonsense like double or nothing then this can be a part of that package and you know it will it might do some work hooray moving on to the <laughs> more purple type cards
1: uh so the next card is scroll of prophecies it is a mystic asset costs three to play with one willpower icon it's an item in a tome uses four secrets action spend one secret choose an investigator at your location that investigator draws three cards then discards one card from their hand and it takes up a hand slot mm. and there's a quote on here i don't know if it's a movie reference
0: so it was and so it shall ever be i feel like it is but uh i think it's i think it's just trying to be spooky uh this uh i'm i'm excited about this i've been excited about this since it was spoiled this seems pretty this good this is this is a card yeah this is a, this, this This is a real card this
2: is
1: a card <laughs> yeah so yeah it's a draw two card right and pick
0: effectively better better than that this
1: is draw 12 uh okay well okay i mean per, for an action draw yeah, two Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um net and i guess you get to just discard the card you want the least
2: exactly that's the big thing here
1: yeah uh yeah it seems good um it costs three which is a little high but like this is like a good tome option for daisy she's getting a lot of love in this pack
2: honestly it's like yeah really good for anybody who can take it right because like what else are you putting in your hands as as a mystic generally like you're using grotesque statue right
0: yeah, like, especially especially great for Daisy, like, you could either play this and Old Book of Lore if you just want to go full-on card draw Daisy, which would be really cool. Yeah. Or you can play this instead of Old Book of Lore, because I think it is better. Like, instead of looking at three and picking one, you're basically looking at three and picking two, and the other one goes into your uh, discard pile, which is much better. So I-, I think excellent for Daisy. I think also Mystics are kind of starved for card draw, they just don't have a lot of options. So I think a lot of Mystics who have a hand slot would love to play this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, four secrets is like, I think, more than enough. Like, that's very generous. Oh, yeah. If this said like two secrets, I might be a little bit yeah, more weary three. about it. Even three yeah. would be a little tough, but four is is great. Yeah.
0: Four, four is pretty solid because each one of these is kind of like a, you know, it's it's like a it's like playing a preposterous sketches or something. Like, that's pretty yeah.
2: good. Like, I mean, I don't know if you would play this alongside Mr. Rook and Daisy, but like, then you can have the little research abilities that can put secrets back on it if you really want them to.
0: You know, you can,
2: you it's just, it's just versatile. It's great.
0: I think I'm, I'm kind of, uh, the ongoing saga of, uh, Dan playing Mandy all the time. I've had some pretty bad luck drawing, uh, my, uh, shocking discoveries instead of, or not shocking discoveries. What's the one that gives secrets on things? Astounding, re- no, astounding revelations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a string of terrible luck drawing like all of my astounding revelations instead of finding them in searches, which kind of sucks. So I'm kind of maybe a little bit down on the card, whether that's rational or no, but, uh, so, if you were playing Mr. Rook, then I would, like, maybe think about sounding Revelations with this. I probably wouldn't if I was just playing Old Book of Lore. But uh, even without that, like, Four Secrets is a lot. You don't have to play Enraptured or whatever, or, like, Astounding Revelation if your deck isn't set up for it. You can just use the Four Secrets. Yeah.
1: Does this, uh, this can work with, uh, what is it, Knowledge is Power? Uh, it's that card that lets you... You play it and it gives you like a extra action on like a tome or spell. Oh, that's
2: right. And and you Mm. trigger it without without uh, using any of its extra abilities, right? Like so, you wouldn't use the secret on it.
1: Yeah, it's like a fast card. Zero. Choose a tome or spell asset you control, or you'll one from your hand. Resolve an action on it. uh, Ignore all costs.
2: I tried that card in a daisy tome centric deck with old book of lore. And Arcane Initiate. And the goal was to trigger as many of the research abilities as possible, basically just by doing small searches at the beginning of every single one of my turns or every window that I could. And it turned out to be pretty consistent and great, but it was hard because that was basically all I was doing the entire game. <laughs> Instead of investigating, I was like really kind of trying to ensure that. So this, I think, kind of provides an alternate theming to that kind of a thing,
0: maybe? Mm. It's really too bad that this doesn't say search the top three cards of your deck take two of them in your hand and discard the third right that would be amazing so you could dodge weaknesses right <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> that that for sure and then also just being able to trigger research abilities but no I, I still think this is really quite good yeah um it's also i mean so sacrifice is a card that i think is not super great but hey. if there's like if we get more and more disposable purple assets like spells already kind of work with that this sort of does too. Like if we get more and especially cheaper ones, eventually you could have like an actual deck that makes sense to play a sacrifice or, or even two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually be great because you're, you're drawing so many cards from Skull of prophecies. I mean, if you think about it, it's almost half your deck, right? Like you've got 30 cards in your deck, you draw five in your opening hand. This is basically almost going through half your deck by itself, which is insane. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's kind of insane yeah. to me. Not even to mention like yeah. the choosing to which card to discard is great we don't really have a survivor mystic yet like a survivor main class mystic yet but like once once we do we can start like thinking about discarding fortifying discoveries and like winging it's
1: things like that wait what do you mean agnes or patrice oh
2: patrice's oh patrice's oh, yeah, yeah. i forgot about her
1: but i don't know if patrice actually wants <laughs> no, no i think God, no. yeah patrice has enough i mean to... you can use this on other investigators too though like yeah. she could get dig through her deck get this out fast play it so you know when she doesn't have when she's already committed all of her cards using corner to her first two actions then she can use this to give someone else card draw yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah and, and the more if they print more uh cards that you want to be in your discard pile like winging it is the main example right now but if they print more of those this just gets better i i think this is great for daisy great for pretty much any mystic and i'm i'm really excited to play this one yeah moving right along moving along okay our next card is called Read the Signs. It is a two-cost mystic event. It has a will symbol and a intellect symbol. It's a spell. And it says, Investigate. Add your willpower value to your skill value for this investigation. You may ignore any effect or keyword on your location which would trigger during this investigation. If you succeed, discover one additional clue at this location. Interesting. And the art is a lady kind of hanging out in the woods. And uh, her eyes are glowing and she's carrying some sand that the she's kind of dropping. The are kind of weird, aren't they?
1: She's definitely standing on like a pile of bones, like sprinkling salt. It's uh, a salt like circle. Salt it's something. a salt circle. That uh, is that is yeah. real magic. Those look like
0: sticks. <laughs> mm, uh, I think it's pile of bones, but I don't know. No, that's definitely bones. I think. Uh, well, I mean, but sticks are like tree bones, so we're, we're both right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is. I mean, we we got a very quick analog to to followed, right? Like
0: for 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 mystics. Yeah, I wonder if this is part of like a cycle or something, maybe. They're they're not exactly analogous, but they're similar.
1: This is like a this is like a better drawn to the flame, right? Like
0: yeah, if you're uh, rich, you get two clues. You have infinite. If money's no object, if what, what you're just gonna pay two resources and be like, oh, that's no big deal. i paying two or zero is the same. Like man, two resources is a lot.
2: We all know how Dan feels about his dark horse decks.
1: <laughs> I mean, two resources instead of drawing an encounter card, though. Yeah, but you're a mystic. Just draw like, a will
0: test and pass it.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I don't... <laughs> Maybe I I don't know it, it it seems like it's like a it's another cost two event that gives you an extra clue uh you get to agile power um and I don't the ignoring an effector queue at any location which would trigger during this investigation I don't know if that part matters very much or very often so that's haunted right uh, Anything maybe, maybe
0: haunted haunted relevant in circle undone yeah
1: I guess it's because you may so you can strategically pick like if it's on if you're at like, a location like so use your agility. Then you still have to add dual power to that, or use your agility or something.
0: It's too bad that it doesn't. Um, it doesn't ignore stuff that's like, in order to investigate at this location, your hand must be empty or something, right? Because that doesn't trigger. It's just a passive thing.
2: Yeah. Does this cut through like fog uh, and stuff? Yeah. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I don't think that would trigger during the investigation. That's... that's just passively the the shroud is increased. Okay. Okay.
1: And and that's like that's not on your location it's attached to your location which i think
0: is different yeah, I, th- I think it's this is uh. mostly just avoid haunts which is cool like i mean it's like half of drawn of the flame because drawn of the flame you avoid any negative effects of the test and you also get to go through things like locked door or like locations that can't be investigated yeah so that's that's awesome um this doesn't get you the full thing of that it at least gives you a little bit of it which is that you ignore haunts which is kind of nice but yeah i don't know i i tend to think that um it's it's actually kind of an interesting question this versus drawn of the flame the other thing is maybe this is changing now that we have scroll of prophecies but for a long time the mystic card draw engine was arcane initiate and this is a spell drawn of the flame is not a spell so that's actually yeah. really important
2: that is that is also you can you can put this on diana right for extra investigability down asperance true yeah you
0: just have to pay two every time yeah
2: it's a little rough in that regard but
0: I think bottom line, if you're somehow a rich mystic, then I would lean towards playing this, and if you're not, I would lean towards playing Drawn of the Flame. But like either way, you so can caroling, make an argument. Right? Yeah, and, and you can make an argument for either one just based on like what the encounter deck is like and what your specific deck is like. Like they're both good cards. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean people that can splash into purple, I and mean, there's a lot of them. Is there any that you guys think that maybe could benefit this over drawing the flame? I was thinking Zoe. Like, Zoe could use yeah, it Zoe maybe as a splash. Zoe's pretty rich. She's usually rich, but she also doesn't mind drawing the flame, like drawing in a counter card is usually fine. That's so. true. She might get an enemy and get paid a dollar. I mean Jenny Jenny has money. Uh she could grab it for getting clues or something. I, I feel like I'm more likely to maybe use this as a splash card as a as opposed to a mean class card, just because there's no mystics that are like great at having lots of money. So, so yeah.
2: also benefits from this too. She can throw oh, it yeah. herself. Uh, yeah. weld it.
0: And she's cause she's kinda richer, she can She could double double it. <sighs> yep uh double 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 or nothing yeah no it's yeah. good i also i really like that the title is it, it can be kind of creepy but you could also just it could be exasperated like oh which which way are we going oh read the signs it's right there it says <laughs> <laughs> it says this is elm look, street look you at know? the pile <laughs> of bones of the salt yeah come on it clearly says go left the sign yeah the <laughs> sign says take a left at the pile of bones walk into the spooky forest and then uh watch out because the owls are not what they seem you know all you have to do is read the signs
1: how would owls ever betray us i don't uh. Uh, I know. Interesting card. Yep. I like it. I think I'll try it in some decks, but
0: maybe not all of them. Maybe not
1: all. Last card, Dane. One more card. We're
2: onto the survivor cards. And boys, this is a survivor card. We have Jessica Hyde. She is a level one survivor asset. She costs three to play and she commits for one combat symbol. She's an ally. She's a wayfarer and she's cursed. Just like Rex. Oh no. You get plus one combat. Jessica Hyde enters play with two damage on her and then triggered after your turn ends heal one damage from jessica Hyde. and she has three health one sanity and she takes up an ally slot
0: guys it's here very very poor design that she's not somehow a tactic (laughs) i really uh i mean just look at her she looks very tactical i really think that the tactic uh trait could be appended to this card without causing any problems we
1: could put tactic on it we can make that a house rule but uh mark still wouldn't be able to play her because she's level one so Uh, damn it Uh,
2: I mean our All Guardian team could definitely teamwork this from uh from Tommy to, to Mark and then just I mean...
1: <laughs> we're we're already kind of wrecking everything though. We don't really need uh <laughs> Yeah. Tommy could definitely take her. Yeah, so this is like a, a damage version of, of Peter kinda. Yeah. It has like an offensive stat on it rather than like a more defensive stat, which is kinda of what Peter has. But obviously the one XP less levels yeah. One XP less doesn't have the symbol and starts with the damage on her. Dude, that, that kinda
0: sucks. sucks. Yeah.
1: Kind of, but, like, you play her, and she'll heal, like, the turn you play her, so she really only needs one damage on her. Oh, I guess, yeah. yeah.
2: That's one way to think about it.
1: Oh, actually, if Mark had her, and he and she entered play, does that count as putting damage on a card? You <laughs> somehow teamworked her to her? I, I, don't, I don't know.
0: But, um... uh Uh, well i know that harden scales adds an extra plus one plus (laughs) one counter even if you cast a walking ballista which enters the battlefield with uh, double x plus one plus one counters because this is why we usually make you skip we need we need the
1: police (laughs) here to record our podcast so you don't make terrible (laughs) magic references hello police i need to be arrested right now Where are the arkham fuzz Yeah, for uh, sure, yeah. Um, no, I, I think this is a pretty solid card. Like, Silas probably wants it to get the plus one combat. Tommy could use her maybe. I mean, that that's
0: the thing. There, there are not a lot of strength bonuses out there. Like, there's yeah. some, but I, I think a lot of people will, will play it just for that. And the fact that it basically keeps you completely safe from damage for the whole game is, like, a really neat cherry on top.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it, it's weird because the people that kind of want this effect
0: are ones who would take...
2: Would would be scared of damage anyways, which generally aren't like guardians or tanky type people. So like you're looking at people with like five health, which are not generally people who would be protecting teams of people. So it's kind of strange in that regard. But I also feel like if you just have this and Peter on like Silas, he just will never get damaged for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean,
1: you can do that on like any of the survivors, yeah. like Silas,
0: oh, yeah. Calvin, York, It's the archetype. Pete, They all kind of like this. It's kind of unfortunate that not that many people can play this. It's basically, yeah, survivors and then a couple of other people. And it's unfortunate that uh, at least a couple of the people that do want to play it, um, like Tommy and I think... Yorick? Like Tommy and Yorick, I think both kind of want their stuff to die like they want to play leather coats that get killed yeah so this is sort of an like anti-synergistic with that but it, it depends you could just build the deck around this instead it's also uh you know people i don't know if people are still doing this but people used to play like dark dark horse meat cleaver agnes and they were like desperate <laughs> to get any plus they were desperate to get like any plus combat in those decks so they will happily play this i think right <laughs> that's yeah a, that's true it's
2: a pretty funny uh observation yeah
0: i mean uh
1: even uh even lola could use this in peter and like strategically you like use it for their bonuses and then like strategically shift into survivor when they need to take a turn to heal or something <laughs> and try to heal and play yep you gotta mention lola occasionally come on <laughs> oh,
0: that's um, fine. That's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> i uh I, I like the art she's hanging out in a cave is that like a crashed plane behind her oh yeah maybe? yeah she's in the wrong place at the wrong time if you didn't know oh interesting. yeah that's a double negative though, which is the same as a positive. So, I mean, <laughs> is that how that works? Uh yes. <laughs> yes it is.
2: I guess my my first thought was was again with Silas because he just got that new card, uh though it's blue, I believe I believe it to be a Silas card, a Daring, which would kind of have a enemy gain the potential to attack, damage you in some way through retaliate or alert. If he has both Jess and Peter, uh the dream team then he doesn't have to w- ever worry about it, retali- retaliate or alert because they'll just tank it for him for the rest of the game and like he'll just have like infinite soak forever
0: That's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, no it's definitely exciting. I'm also I'm curious this sort of feels like it's like halfway between Peter level 0 and Peter level 2 because it only it has 3 of the stat that it soaks but it only gives you plus 1 st- uh core stat instead of 2. So I wonder if we'll see like an upgraded version of her that maybe gives like plus combat and something else that would be cool.
2: Well, it'd have to be combat and in- uh intellect, right? i guess that would be like kind of not super maybe. useful yeah. maybe but i don't know might might be fine pretty okay for tommy i think because he's got pretty decent intellect but
0: oh yeah that's yeah you know, that's true that would actually be great for tommy if it, if it just gave plus two and lola
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: of course of course no
1: think of the dark horse lola with jessica and peter like she'd be
0: rolling and all blue, those stats together <laughs> yeah Ugh, let's anyway uh pretty pretty strong card maybe kind of narrow in which decks are going to be most su- suited for it hold the phone powerful
2: we didn't even talk about who it's the MVP in. mr calvin himself now he has an infinite I mean, damage soak for the rest of the game
1: i did mention him but uh yeah uh her and peter he can infinitely soak everything and he just has to worry about direct damage and be sitting at his plus five plus five <laughs> at every step based stat, plus all these cards we <laughs> I gotta play Calvin again while not drunk. I think I think he could be I think he could be fun and good, or at least play him through Forgotten Age, maybe while drunk. Uh, <laughs> but.
2: Well, you see, you need you need you need the dream team for Calvin is Jessica Hyde, Peter Sylvester, and Anna Caslow, because then you get to play two copies of the Red Tarot card, which boost your max health and sanity to uh, some might say beyond godhood, and he would be at what would he be at? He'd be at seven and seven, right, or or eight and eight or something
0: something crazy are, are you guys done with this complete nonsense and can in the end now no, really please i was
1: gonna mention how calvin could use cats too to like <laughs> i don't know if we ever mentioned that calvin and the cats fine let's fine. uh card card seems cool let's let's talk about let's talk about our contest <laughs>
0: Ben is Ben is really <laughs> excited for the awesome, sure to be Oscar-winning 2019 musical film Cats coming soon to shoot a theater near you. No, wait a second. He he just can't resist bringing it up whenever there's a, an opportunity. No, that's
1: that's uh, blasphemy or uh, Cats could libel. Be. Oh, what's <laughs> oh,
2: it's a catastrophe. So anyway, uh, getting through the pack. It's a small pack. I mean, there's there's only seven cards in here. Uh, one of which is a, a bonded card, but they all they all seem pretty interesting. <laughs> Scroll
0: of prophecies. It's awesome. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> and, and by seven, <laughs> I mean nine. <laughs> yeah.
2: But as we announced last time, we are partnering this year with the innkeeper Vase Odin to give out some awesome prizes as part of this year's Blackest Friday contest. So to participate, all you have to do is again take a photo of your hashtag autofail face, the reaction face that you make when you draw the autofail token from the chaos bag on a crucial do or die test. We do have some great prizes for all the winners and for everybody who enters, they will receive a playset of our charisma promos. For more details, always feel free to check our previous blog post on MUR.fm. Send in your entries by November twenty-ninth, and remember always to include your mailing address, or
1: else we'll never find you. Well, we'll have to send you an email back and be like, what's your address so we can send these promos and we'll just, whole thing. We'll
0: just email you a photo of us <laughs> burning the promos that we were going to send you. <laughs>
2: oh God, like, yeah. we're so cutthroat
0: no no yeah no, you want to you wanna yeah. tell us your address now oh too late we already set these cards on fire
2: <laughs> otherwise listeners oh. are you too going to be shipping Peter Sylvester and Jess Hyde as the power
1: couple of Arkham uh I don't we'll have to discuss that after we're <laughs> that's, that's clearly, clearly Ben wrong. is
2: very upset about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at comments at mur.fm thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you next time bye Bye.
1: So Agnes is <laughs> Agnes is with Peter. Uh, I don't know. Jess can be with whoever she wants. I don't know what's going on. But they've been, Agnes and Peter have been dating since like uh, high school or whatever they had in the nineteen twenties.